Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is November 27th, 2020. And on this date in 2011, two Raiders legends enjoyed a pair of record days. In a win over the Chicago Bears, Sebastian Janikowski set the franchise record with six field goals in a game, while punter Shane Leckler set a record of his own after he launched an unreal 80-yard punt. Per usual, shout out to all the specialists out there, especially Seabass and Shane. Well, today on the morning grind, as you hopefully lay on the couch digesting your Thanksgiving meal, a happy belated turkey day, by the way, everyone. That's good stuff. We're going to share with you all a conversation with Kelsey Conway, team reporter for the Atlanta Falcons. Kelsey was really kind to share her insights into this 2020 Falcons squad, ranging from her thoughts on this new coaching staff to the true value of Matt Ryan. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Kelsey Conway. And joining us today on the morning grind, the Falcons team reporter, Kelsey Conway. And Kelsey, so for a Raiders fan, you're looking at this game, obviously an exciting game for a lot of reasons. But when you look at the Falcons, a team that's three and seven, but I don't necessarily know if that's a fair indication of kind of where they are. So give me the pitch for why the Falcons are better than their record indicates in 2020. Well, because for Raiders fans who didn't get to see the Falcons in the first half of the season. One, you're probably glad because there were some pretty painful games to watch, uh, like the week two collapse in Dallas, uh, the week three collapse at home against the Bears. There were some pretty rough games there. But honestly, you could make a case, and I know you are what your record is, but you could make a case, whether it is the Cowboys game I talked about, the Raiders game, or even the Lions game, that those should have been three more wins. And at that point, you're talking about a team that has six wins and very much in the thick of things in terms of the NFC playoff race. But at the same time, they didn't win those games, and that's what you're judged off of in the NFL. So um, I think the thing with this team is is they really struggled defensively at the start of the year. Um, They could not stopped the pass and they struggled to get pressure on quarterbacks but they also went up against some pretty good quarterbacks in Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, those type of guys um and now that the defense is starting to play better obviously Dan Quinn was fired after the 0 and 5 start Raheem Morris takes over they make some changes on the staff and the team has really responded well to Raheem Morris and the changes he's made Um, And then against the Saints this past week, when you're really counting on the Falcons offense to kind of carry the load, they did not have a good game. And the defense is actually seeming to figure it out a little bit more. So I really feel like when the Falcons offense and defense can go both put a game together, they'll look like the team that everybody kind of expects them to be with all of the weapons that they have. So that's kind of the lowdown on the Falcons so far. (laughs) Obviously, you guys go through a coaching change this year, which is so hard on on multiple multiple levels, right? Like, you know, just as you know, someone who works for the team, like we've gone through it, it's hard, right? It's it's a challenging thing to go through as an organization. But what would you kind of say the biggest difference is since the organization decided to make that change and move on from Dan Quinn? Well, I think it goes back to, unfortunately, there was the stigma surrounding the Falcons ever since the loss of the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2016. 
the Falcons struggled to hold on to leads. They would have games where they would get out to a 17-point lead, a 14-point lead, and it just kind of seems like the team carried the weight of this outside shatter of can the Falcons hold on to a lead? Are they choke artists? And I think the biggest difference since Raheem has taken over has been they haven't choked on a lead. Um, they've been able to finish games. That's something Raheem's really stressed the team is the ability to not only finish games, but finish halves. So you put teams away. The biggest difference is the Falcons have been able to close out games unlike they were not doing at the beginning of the season. And you look at the Thursday night game against the Panthers. You know, the Panthers found their way back in the game. But for every good play the Panthers had, the Falcons had an answer. Um, against the Vikings, they really just never took their foot off the gas. So in their wins that they have had, they have been able to close out halves with a strong, you know, two minutes to close out the first half so that um, – they're not they're not putting themselves in these situations where there were so many times at the beginning of the year, you know, look at the Lions game where Matt Stafford has 60 seconds and he takes the ball all the way down to the field and they they win the game with a walk-off touchdown. So, I think under Raheem Morris, he has kind of changed the mindset of the players where it's like we are not going to be known as a team that chokes. And I think that's been the biggest difference. And through all this, through all these changes, and, and obviously this is a year of change, right? But through all of this, Matt Ryan's still just doing his thing. How would you kind of categorize how, how he's been playing and how he's been, been slinging the rock in, in 2020? Well, that's the thing, you know, with Matt. As long as Matt Ryan's the quarterback of the Falcons, you really can't count them out um, in any game because he's just so good and he's so consistent year in and year out. But I think the biggest thing for Matt this year has been the offensive line, and I say this um, just disregarding the eight-sack performance against the Saints on Sunday, but the offensive line um, with five former first-round picks, has been so much better this year. That's been a really big issue for the Falcons for the last couple of years is the offensive line play has not been great, and Matt has just been under duress all the time. But for the most part, not including Sunday's performance, of course, the Falcons' offensive line has given Matt so much more time, and his receivers have really benefited from it. And then there's also been the growth of – Calvin Ridley in his third year who's just really soaked up everything from Julio Jones and is doing his thing out there so I think the combination of Matt having more time and the protection being better and the growth of some of his offensive weapons around him has really been why he's just been humming along this year. You know, speaking of Julio Jones, too, Raheem Morris says yesterday that Julio is going to be a game time decision this Sunday against the Silver and Black. And I won't put you on the spot and say, oh, is Julio going to play? Is Julio not going to play? Like, you know, that does neither of us any good, right? But if Julio is unable to go for whatever reason, who else on that wide receiving core needs to step up and have a good game if this, often, if this offense wants to keep on trucking? Well, obviously I mentioned Calvin Ridley, and I think it's going to be fun to watch the little Alabama reunion that goes on with Henry Ruggs and Julio and Calvin, of course. Uh, if it's not Julio, it's Calvin. He's been terrific this year. He's such a good route runner, and he's so hungry. Um, and then when it's not him... The Falcons made a trade with the Baltimore Ravens uh, this offseason, sent a second-round pick to the Ravens for Hayden Hurst, the tight end. Um, and he hasn't really had a game where he's just completely taken over. He's had career highs uh, in a number of games in terms of catches for him. 
But I'm kind of waiting to see the emergence of Hayden Hurst in this offense. So he'd be someone I would say if Julio isn't a big part of the game plan, he'd be someone that I feel like the Raiders would definitely want to have their eye on. And then, you know, behind Calvin Ridley, there are a couple guys, this guy Russell Gage, a wide receiver out of LSU, who's really developed and come into his own. So those would probably be the three targets that I would say if Julio is not able to go or if he is and he isn't, you know, the 100% Julio Jones who's virtually unstoppable, I would say keep an eye on those three names. He's practically <laughs> unstoppable. He's one of the best, if not the best, pound-for-pound pound wide receiver in the NFL. But as a Raiders employee, I don't necessarily know if I want to see Julio this Sunday, but it'll be a good uh, it'll be a good match either way. So I know we've talked about a lot a lot about the offense and for good reason because offense is exciting and everyone loves touchdowns and all that good stuff. But defensively for these Falcons, what do they do well? What do they do perhaps maybe not as well? And kind of when you look at this defense in its totality in 2020, how do you think they've they've kind of stacked up to the challenge? Well, I think that I'll start with what they're doing well right now, and that is they've been really good on third down. Um, They rank in the top 10 on third down defense, and they have been really good at getting teams off the field. Um, But I would say that the the couple areas that are um, maybe a little bit of a concern or an Achilles heel for this team is the pass rush. Um, Obviously, Tack McKinley is now a... Las Vegas Raider. Um, We'll see if he is up for the game this weekend. But the team moved on from Tack, and he was a first-round pick and starting defensive end. And then they signed Dante Fowler in free agency, and Dante has been um, injured some. And then he was recently put on the COVID reserve list. So, uh, you know, things haven't really gone Fowler's way in his first year. And then outside of that, outside of Grady Jarrett, they really have not been able to get a consistent pass rush. So I think that's an area of this defense where they really uh, need to step up. But like I mentioned, Grady Jarrett, he's the heart and soul of the Falcons defense. And I bet you John Gruden, when he puts this game plan together, they're going to have a plan for Grady in the middle. Um, He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL, and he really makes things go. And then, you know, you look at the Falcons linebackers, Deion Jones, the former Pro Bowl player, and there's a name, um, Foya Lewikin to know. Uh, He's really come on. He's really good at punching the ball out. So those are a couple of the guys that I think are really playing well. Um, I think that there's been a lot of really good individual performances of people on the Falcons defense, but as a whole, I would say that their strength has definitely been their play on third down and – pass rush and uh, their defense against the pass are two areas where I think they probably want to be better in. A big thank you to Kelsey for making time for us during a busy week down in the ATL. Kickoff against the Falcons is scheduled for 10 a.m. this Sunday and the game will be shown on CBS. I'm Eddie Pascal and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network.
Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians, but we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.